this atmosphere, there is nothing better. Even after being there on Friday, Friday, she leaves, Friday night, Saturday, long day, by the way. <laughs> Sunday morning, Sunday night, but there is just nothing like being in his presence. Even when you're tired, even when you feel like not going, coming, when you come, it's like, what was I thinking? This is amazing, being in the presence of God. So give yourselves a round of applause. You made it to church here tonight. You can all be seated. You know, I just want to thank uh, Pastor Hartley and Pastor Nat for, you know, it's, it's cool to be invited, but it's always cooler to be invited back. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a double compliment, like, okay, I did okay. They're actually asking me back. First time, bit of a test run, you know, maybe she'll be okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but no, they haven't trusted us with much, and I'm very, very thankful for them, thankful for them to not only release myself and Dylan, but also release people in this church to come out and help us build Bankstown and see this city one for Christ. So thank you. Thank you. Can we give it up for our pastors? They're amazing. We're speaking on brave faith. This is brave faith sitting right here, leading this church, leading many services. Brave faith, that's what it looks like. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray just before we start because it's always good to get a bit more anointing <laughs> before you preach. So thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you, God, that I am your mouthpiece. I thank you, God, that everything I speak comes directly from you, Lord. I thank you, God, that you would do what you want to do here tonight, Lord. Let me get out of the way and that you would step in and take over here tonight, Jesus. I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are moving in this place tonight. And I thank you, Jesus, that this word is a word in season. And I thank you, God, that it will activate something here tonight. In your mighty name, Jesus, amen. 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 So brave faith, brave faith. When I think of the word brave, and I don't know about what you guys think, but when I think of the word brave, you know, you think strong, courageous, warrior, victorious, you know, all those kind of powerful, big, punchy words. But I want to share a couple here tonight that we might not think of when we think of the word brave. My two words here tonight that I want to share about, one is rebel, and two is full, foolish. I actually have a brave faith photo. Who wants to see my brave faith photo? Can we put the photo up? Oh, there we go. Hello. Hello. That's the warrior right there. That's my brave faith photo. That was on our honeymoon. Look at that form. Look at that arm. I mean, that was my first time. That, seriously, that was a bullseye, that one for sure. That's my brave faith photo. Just thought I'd share that with you here tonight. The warrior in me coming out on my honeymoon. God probably knew I needed some brave faith on my honeymoon to make it through. No, <laughs> no I'm married to an amazing man, so thank you, Jesus, for that. So one, rebel. Not such a word you might not associate with brave faith or with brave. And the second, fool. And I'm going to go into a story here tonight to unpackage that a little bit, those thoughts behind that. The story's a little bit long, so stay with me. It's a good story. We'll make it to the end. It will be okay. I tried to condense it down over the week. I think it got longer and longer as I tried to make it shorter and shorter. But we'll try We'll try bust it out. I, I probably won't bust out a rap halfway through Halfway through, I don't know if this is for all the women that were at the women's conference, Pastor Chris rapped for us. 
halfway through her message, this is why you have to go to these things, just for Pastor Chris. She does the most crazy things at conferences, and you don't want to miss those things because I was saying at Bankstown this morning, when she moves on to glory, because that's a nice way of putting it, I'm sure at her funeral, they're going to be talking about that time that Pastor Chris rapped at Every Woman 2016, and you can say, I was there. So do not miss every woman. Do not miss real men. Do not miss presence. Don't miss the things that are going on in the church because these are history-making moments. So be, be in those places. So the story goes. About four and a half years ago, Dylan and I found ourselves in a position where we were almost homeless, almost homeless. And I'm going to start laughing because we find it quite funny now. But at the time, it was not funny. There was nothing funny about the situation. In fact, it came in just such a, a way where the carpet was just pulled, the rug was pulled from underneath our feet. But how did this happen? How did this happen? And I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you how it happened. We're in this house in Panania, little suburbs. Some of you probably don't know where it is. A lot of people don't not far from Bankstown, and we're in this three-bedroom house. I was pregnant with our fifth child, and I'm thinking, we're comfortable here. We know we need to move, but, you know, we're comfortable here. We've been here for nine years. The house was a little bit older, had a big backyard, though, and things, and, and we were comfortable. And all of a sudden, we get a letter from our, our real estate agent saying that the house is going to be put on the market. We're like, well, you know what? We probably actually really need to move. This is the only way God's going to get us out of here is by having to sell this house because we're too comfortable here. So anyway, the house goes on the market. We have the open homes. So annoying. So annoying. We had to vacate the premises. I cleaned the house like crazy because I wanted it to present well, and it was just an annoying time. But thankfully, it sold quite quickly. But on the flip side, they wanted us out quite quickly. The real estate agent actually told us when it sold, it sold to a developer, big block, going to bust it down, duplexes, because that's what everybody does these days. The real estate agent said to us, you know what, I think you've got a few months. They've probably got to get all their stuff in order. You know, you should be fine. That's really good, because I'm actually about to have a baby. Like, not just, like, in a few months, like... In a few days, I'm going to have a baby soon. Our fifth baby, by the way, so, you know, kind of a big deal. We've got a big family to organize. But then the letter comes. The eviction notice comes. (laughs) You need to get out of here a lot sooner. I actually rung that real estate agent. I said, you do realize I'm due to have a baby this week, don't you? (laughs) I thought you said we had a few months. Oh, no, no, you must have been really overwhelmed by the circumstances. I never said... person that gets overwhelmed by circumstances? No. He was a liar. <laughs> I, I did. I, I really had to go through this whole forgiveness thing at Bankstown this morning. I might have to go through it again tonight because every time I relive it, I'm like, bless him, Jesus. Bless him, bless him, heaping coals, literally. No, just heaping coals on his head. Bless him, bless him. So here we were, we had to get out, we hadn't even organized our finances into order properly yet, we could not find a house we'd been looking, 
we couldn't find a house. We actually had massive arguments about homes. Dylan wanted to move to this one home. I hated it so much. I said, if you make me move to that house, I won't even clean it. I am not having anyone come over to it. I'm not even going to cook for you anymore. I hate that house. A tantrum, like terrible tantrum. I was so angry at him for making me want it, but no, we didn't take that house. So horrible, so, so horrible. God's got so much better for me, right? So much better for you. Anyway, we start looking. There's not much around. We're looking, looking, looking. We start applying for places. We got a character reference from Pastor Hartley saying how amazing we were. We had all our things in order. We would go to a house and would give everything over right on the spot. We would find homes. And I remember praying to God and saying, you know, God, whatever house it is, make it be of you. You know, we want something stable. We want something secure. We want something that's going to last. We don't want to move somewhere and they sell it again. And, you know, we need somewhere stable. So we're just going to trust you that you're going to have the right house for us. But we kept on getting denied. I don't know why. Like, we're nice people. We're good people. We did have five kids. So maybe that was it. But I'm like, we have amazing rental history. Dylan's worked in the same job for years and years. We're the sure thing, guys. You know, we're not going to move out of the area. Our kids go to school here. Like, we're the real deal. Like, why don't you want to give us your house? We look after them. Maybe not the gardens, but the rest, the house. The house looks good. The house looks good. The gardens are semi-good at the moment. <laughs> Dylan works hard. We need a gardener. Any volunteers? <laughs> So here we are, we're in this situation and we need a house. We have got five children and we, are gonna, we have got nowhere to go and we are ticking da- down day by day, nothing, nothing turning up. I remember lying in bed at night and I would just be like, God, come on, you've got you've, you've to move. You know, we, we're going to turn up to an open home and, and there'll, be, there'll be no one there. No one there, God. No one there. Strike them down with some evil disease or something, but there'll be no one there. No one there. Just a little cold. It was all right. There'll be no one there. We'll walk in. We'll meet the owner because, you know, on paper, we look like this, but if you meet us in real life, who wouldn't want to rent their house to us? So I was like, we need to meet the owner. We need to meet the owner. We need to be the only ones that turn up, and we need to meet the owner. This is what's got to happen, and I pray it and believe it, and every time we turned up to an open home, There'd be like 30, 40 people there. I'd be like, oh my gosh, we'd apply. We wouldn't get it. We'd be disappointed. But at the same time, I had a faith. I had an inner peace. I had a brave faith that God was going to come through. I didn't know how, but I knew he was going to come through. I was rebelling against what the world was saying. You guys should probably just sign a lease somewhere, you know, even go get that ugly house that you hated. But there was, I knew that God had something for us, something good for us, something better for us than that. So here we are. We have to move out on the Wednesday, and this is the Monday. We still do not have a house to move to. We still do not know what we're going to do. We're freaking out a little bit because even when you stand in brave faith, there's anxious thoughts that fly around. There's, there's, there's things that can come against you and they can rock you a little bit, but you've got to stand firm. You've got to have that brave faith and rebel against those things. So that's what we did. We just stood firm. We had only half packed our house, maybe even only quarter packed our house, and we're usually good packers. You know, we're those kind of people that you, if you help us move, Everything will be ready, in boxes, labelled, ready to go. All you have to do is pick them up. You know, we're not those people that 
you get the box and you're trying to still chuck stuff in it as they're walking out the door for it. We're quite considerate like that. So if you help us move, it will be an easy move for you and we'll shout you dinner. <laughs> but things just were not looking good. And I, but at the same time, I had that brave faith. We hadn't even packed up the house. This is Monday afternoon, and I'm thinking, God, we need something. We need something. We need something. And, he's, and I just felt like the voice of God, the Spirit of God, just say, you need to speak with the owner. And I'm like, how are we going to do that? I'm not going to ring the real estate, because bless them, they're not very nice. <laughs> I'm not going to ring the real estate. What am I going to do? And I remember speaking to the neighbor, and, I, and I, they were like, how are you going to stay? You have to stay. You've got nowhere to go. We want you to stay. We thought... we. We bought this house and we're going to rebuild it because we wanted to live next door to you guys. I mean, that's how awesome we are. But <laughs> we thought our kids were going to grow up together and you guys are moving. They were so disappointed. I'm like, sorry, God, you could buy the house for us. <laughs> but um, they said, you know what? I said, I said to them, I actually had a thought to ring the owner, but I don't know how to get in contact with him. And he said, we've got the we've got the papers, we've got the architect's papers, the council send them out to all the owners in the house, we've got the papers with the architect's name, can I give that to you, it's got his phone number on it, you can ring him, maybe he'll give you the number of the owner, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, I guess so, but, you know, I don't know if they're just going to give us this guy's number, like, that's quite, you know, confidentiality, all that kind of stuff, Anyway, I came home, I said to Dylan, can you ring this guy, this is the architect, can you ring him, two second conversation, he has the number to the owner, he rings the owner. I'm thinking, as if he's going to want to meet with us. What would he care? He's a developer. He just wants to get his business done. But lo and behold, he's like, okay, I'll meet with you tomorrow afternoon. We're like, okay, something's happening here. Something's happening. The real estate agent, bless them, they on the Tuesday decided that since we had nowhere to go and we had to move out the next day, that they should probably help us find a house. So they showed us two properties, totally out of our price range, totally inappropriate for our families. We would literally be moving there for six months and having to move on again. And we didn't like them, and we did not want to be under them any longer. So they showed us these properties, and we thought to ourselves, we can't take them. We just, we just can't. There's no peace there. There's no peace there. The world is saying you should be doing this, but we're going to rebel against that. We're not going to conform to the ways of the world. We're going to stand strong and have brave faith that God is going to come through. We're going to wait on this guy. This guy is our chance. Anyway, Tuesday afternoon, and the clock is ticking, and this guy still hasn't turned up yet. I'm like, Dylan, we've got to ring him like we're desperate. We've got to ring him and see where he is. So Dylan rings him. And the real estate agent, bless them, has called the guy and told them, don't worry, we have found them a house and they will be moving into one of our properties. So it's, everything's good. They didn't know that we'd spoken to him or anything like that. We're freaking out. We're like, oh my gosh, it was our last chance. That was it. We've got nowhere to go tomorrow. We, have got no, we don't even have our house packed up properly, let alone. We have nowhere to go tomorrow. Then... He goes, you know what, I'm out of the area, but my brother is in the area, and I will send him to meet with you guys. I'm like, this is getting messy. The brother, really? What's the brother going to do? Really? Is it even worth it? 
But anyway, Dylan was like, yeah, let's do that. So I'm in the kitchen and I'm trying to keep myself busy. The kids are playing outside. Dylan's in the front lounge and he's looking through the blinds, waiting, waiting, waiting for this, this, the brother to turn up and he drives up and Dylan's looking at the blinds and I can kind of hear him talking to himself and I'm, I'm wondering what he's doing and then I hear a knock on the door and I hear the door open and I hear this big slap and this big hug and this, hey brother, how are you? I'm like, what? You don't greet a stranger like that, like that's pretty full on. Dylan probably would, yeah, that's right, Liam, he probably would. He's a hugger. And he brings this guy in, and he's like, I just want to introduce you to my wife. This is Hassan. He's been my customer for seven years. Seven years he has been my customer. He sat down with us, and he said, what do you need? Dylan said, give us two months. He's like, done. Done, just like that. And you know what? We rebelled against what the world was saying. We were fools for God. The world looked at us and thought we were fools, but we were fools for God, and we stood strong in the faith. We had brave faith that God was going to come through for us, and he did. Even the real estate agent getting involved, and we thought that they were stuffing up the plans, but they were making the way. Dylan didn't know the brother. He knew the guy that came to the house. He didn't know the other guy. Nothing would have happened with that other guy. God even knew that the real estate agent and what we think is a tax and what we think when something's going wrong, God's like, no, I knew this was going to happen. This is all part of the plan. This is how I'm weaving it together for you. Brave faith. Even when things are looking bad, even when things are looking like they're not going to work out, standing in that knowing that God is going to come through for you. I remember... It got to this stage, we were so close, and it got to this day of having to move out, that I would just be anxious in the evening, and I would lay down when everything's still, and everything's quiet, and, and the thoughts would come, and you know, like, what are you going to do? You've got a newborn baby, you've got five kids, we were going to go against our non-negotiables, we have a, a clause that we will never separate the family. But I was looking at the, at the point of, of moving to Coffs Harbour to be with family and Dylan staying in Sydney just so we had somewhere to be. We had good friends that offered their house to them, but we we're like, we love you guys, you love us, let's leave it like that, eh? <laughs> but that's what the sort of things that we were trying to do, these backup plans, but staying brave in faith. And I remember lying in bed and I couldn't even pray anymore. I couldn't even pray in the Holy Spirit anymore. In the Holy Spirit and me are friends. I pray all the time to the Holy Spirit, but I couldn't even do that. I couldn't worship. I couldn't read the word. I was just one word that would come out of my mouth as I lay down at night. And that was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. It was me putting my faith in him. It was me putting my eyes to him. When the storm was happening, it was just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It was aligning my faith. It was keeping me strong. It was hanging on to that thread. That is brave faith. It's hanging on. It's hanging on. Jesus, Jesus. And I spoke for too long, and now my phone is closed. She got to take the lock off. <laughs> In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. You know, that's, that story goes on a little bit, actually. And two weeks later, we were, we were looking at properties. 
And we were going to this particular one. And I didn't really want to go. It actually didn't look that great online. It looked really overpriced. It was actually out of our price range. I didn't tell Dills that. I was just like, we better go look at this house. But I wasn't even really thinking, you know, this is the one or anything like that. And I remember driving up. It was a beautiful day and we drove up. We had all the five kids with us. We got out the car and there's no one there. Actually, not even the real estate agent's there. There's no one there. And we're looking at the time and it's like five past the, the time that it was. So we knock on the door and the owner opens the door. He takes us through the house. We get to speak to him. He shows us the house. No one ever turned up. The real estate agent eventually did turn up. By 11 o'clock the next day, that house was ours. What I had prayed for was exactly how it, how it played out because we had that brave faith to stand. We rebelled against what the world was saying. We were being foolish for God. We looked like fools, and we were. We were fools for God. It says in Matthew 21, 22, and praying whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith and really believing you will receive. You will receive. If you make your prayers and requests known to the Lord, you will receive. Rebellious. Rebellious in our faith. A fool to God. You know, I've always been a bit of a rebel. <laughs> I used to get into a lot of trouble back in the day. Dylan can contest to some of it. He probably helped me get into some of it. No, actually, Dylan was always a good boy. You can tell, can't you? Dylan was always a good boy. He was always good. I was a naughty one. I know I don't look it now, but I was. I was a naughty one. I remember one time I shared my testimony. Pastor Mick heard it. He was like, she looks like an angel, but wow. (laughs) Being a fool. Being a fool for God. Being a fool brings wisdom. In 1 Corinthians 3, 18 in the message version, it says, Don't fool yourself. Don't think you can be wise merely by being up to date with the times. Be God's fool. That's the path to true wisdom. What the world calls smart, God calls stupid. I love the message, how it's just so blunt like that. God calls that stupid. That is just stupid. But being a fool for God, being a fool for God, going into real wisdom, Being brave is scary. That situation was scary. Not knowing where, you know, if it was just Dylan and I, it would have been okay. We would have got through it. But having five children that we were responsible for and nowhere for them to sleep, not knowing if we are going to have to take them out of school, all those things, that was the weight of the, of the issue. Me and Dills, I don't know, we would probably would have gone on holiday or something. <laughs> it would have been fine. But brave faith is scary. I remember years back being asked to start doing announcements at church, you know, the, the way in to the stage. I would not sleep the night before. I felt like I was going to throw up. I was so nervous. I could not go through worship. Worship was like torture. I was like, oh, they're still singing. Like, let's just get this over with so I can do this message and just, and then just sit in my seat and thank God it will be over. I was so nervous, so nervous. Have we got a piece of paper? This was me. Here we go. Every woman. Probably did every woman announcements. This is me. Up here, shaking, shaking so hard because I was so nervous at doing a simple every woman announcement. 
so nervous. It was scary. But brave faith does it anyway. Brave faith steps out anyway. Joyce Meyer says, do it afraid. Do it afraid. And so I did. And I got asked back. I don't know why, because it was seriously probably crazy looking like this. I remember being asked to do an announcement at a welcome lunch for Pastor Carly. She's always so good at putting you in those positions. And she said, I'm not going to be there. Can you do the kids' church announcement? I used, to, I used to do kids' church with her. And I was like, yeah, sure. I was shaking so much. There's only 30 people in the room. I was shaking so much that I had to point it out because it was so obvious to me that I needed to point it out to everybody. And I said, you know, the reason why I'm shaking so much is because it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit on me as I bring this announcement. You know, I was like, I do not have a steady hand. At the best of times, I was saying this morning at Bankstown, I used to work in a cafe, and if the coffees were too far, seriously, I was like this. They would only get half their coffee by the time I got to the table. It's not a steady hand. I said, it's not really a trustworthy thing, is it, having shaky hands? But I, I'm trustworthy. Just, I don't know why. I just shake. I just shake. You know, I pointed out Henny this morning at, at Bankstown, and I know she's not here tonight, but Enoch is represent Enoch. She does it afraid. We ask her to step out at Bankstown and, and do the communion message, do the offering message, meeting lead. She doesn't want to do it, but she's learned just to say yes, because when she says no, it's like, sorry, what did you say? Did you say great? Oh, that's great. We'll put your name down. So she does it afraid. She steps out and does it afraid. That is how you grow. That is how God stretches you. That is how you get brave faith on the inside of you, doing it afraid. And sometimes it takes a long time. It takes a long time to step out in that brave faith. For three years, we felt the call of God to change our kids' school. They were in public system, and we just really felt God calling, and he would confirm it over and over and over again. First with me. Spoke to Dylan, then God confirmed it with Dylan. Three years though, three years it took us to actually do it. Why? Because of fear. Fear of change, fear of, of finances, fear of losing more time because there was no Christian schools that seemed close to us. They all seemed way out west. We did find one that's reasonably close. It should be a lot closer than what it takes us to get there, but there's this thing called traffic that gets in the way. Thankfully, Dylan does a lot of, a lot of the pickups and drop-offs for his God, <laughs> sitting in that traffic. But it was this, this, this ongoing glitch that kept on coming up. It was like, God is saying, come on, guys. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, we're weighing it up, weighing it up, pray about it. You know, like I've got faith, but I don't know if I've got that much faith. <laughs> you know, and I just remember God just really just pushing it and pushing it with us. And it got to the point where it's like, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. So late last year, I went to Regents Park Christian School, set up an interview with the principal there. And he's like, what, what's stopping you from coming? I said, money and time. I said, I can't help you with time, but I can help you with the money. We'll sort it out. You know, we'll make it happen. I'm like, that's great. So tell me how much. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we'll sort it out. And we'll, Okay, that's great. But I really need to know if we can actually afford this. You saying we'll sort it out is not enough assurance for me. But you know what? Brave faith steps out anyway. Brave faith says, you know what? I know 
that God is calling us to do this. I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is asking us to step out and it looks scary and I can't see where it's going to happen. And again, my thoughts, it's just if it was just me and Dylan stepping out, it'd be fine, but I don't want to move my kids to a great school and then have to pull them back out because they've rung me up and said, you owe us $20,000, can you please pay tomorrow? You know, I was fearful of that. I was fearful of sending them to this place and then pulling them back out and messing with their heads and you know, then would be like psychology fees, <laughs> all that kind of stuff they might follow. But God is so good. That first, they started school, beginning of this year, January, February, whenever it was, we still didn't know how much we we're going to be paying. Every time my phone rang from the school, I was like, don't answer it. Don't answer it. No, answer it. I've got to know. I've got to know. No, I don't want to know. Yes, I've got to know. Don't answer it. But finally, after about six weeks, they said, you know, let's, let's sort this out. So we met with them. We filled out a few forms. And they set up the most amazing deal for us. We fortnightly, money just automatically comes out, and we are paying probably a quarter of what we should be paying. We're basically paying for one child to go where there's four children attending that school. God is good if you step out in faith. If you know that God is calling you to do something and you step out, you can't see until you step what the result is going to be. He requires us to step first. He requires us to step out first. We've got to take those steps and then we will see the goodness of God. We will see the goodness of God come through. We've seen it time and time and time and time again. And God expands your faith and he stretches your faith for such a time as this. The thing that you're going through now, you've been led up to such a time as this. Esther was someone who had great faith, a woman of great faith. I look at all the, the stories in the Bible and they, you know, there's Peter and there's Esther and there's Deborah and there's, you know, or heaps of people. We could call all of them and I think, you know, amazing stories and we look at them and we think they're so great and so faithful but we all have stories too we all have stories of great faith where we have stepped out great faith I wonder if Esther could have done what Peter did I wonder if Peter could have done what Daniel did probably not because they weren't prepared they weren't called for that thing so don't look at what everybody else is going for and, and scale it and go, well, that's a big step of faith. Mine's just little. That's just what you're ready for right now. That's what they're ready for. I mean, Esther could have looked at Peter and gone, mate, you just stepped out of the boat. They could have just pulled you back up. Not really a big deal. Or she could have looked at him and gone, wow, he walked on water. He could have drowned. We've got to be champions for each other. We've got to be champions for each other. That is brave faith, standing with someone else and championing them along the way. I keep losing my notes. So unprepared. The final thing for brave faith for me is standing firm, standing, holding the line. Me, at night, 
all I had was the name of Jesus. That's all I could muster out of myself, but I was hanging on for all I had. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's hanging on when we don't want to hang on. Dorian spoke about it last week. That's the very time when you're going through those trials and it's tested. You've got to hang on like nothing else. You've got to hang on to the things of God. He will come through. It might not look the way you think it's going to look. It might be more painful. It might be longer. It might be harder. But brave faith is hanging in there. Brave faith is standing strong. You know, as I was preparing this message, I was praying and, and asking God, and he kept on saying, activate. I'm like, no, God, we're speaking on brave faith. So activate. Like, that's really helpful, God. I really need something on brave faith. Activate. I'm like, oh, come on, give me a break. I've got a busy week, man. <laughs> I need something on brave faith. Activate. And I really felt like God wants to activate brave faith here tonight. I feel like he wants this altar full of people coming out, activating brave faith. And I'll pray for you. I don't mind praying for you at all. But I believe that when you stand up and you choose to activate your faith, He will infill you. He will give you the power that you need, the sustenance that you need. He will give you what you need, but it's a choice. Brave faith is a choice. We choose to activate that brave faith. We choose to live or we choose to die. And I'm believing as we as we go into worship soon and as we open up this altar, if you are going through something and you need to up that faith level, if something that I've spoken to you tonight has resonated with you, if, some, if you're like, I need that brave faith. I need, I need to hang on like dear life right now. I'm believing that as you step out on this altar and you do business with God, He will activate something in you. He will activate something in you and you will see it through. And he will see you through. Thank you, Jesus. And right now, while every head's bowed, every eye's closed, I just want to put a call out there tonight. If there's anyone here that have never started that journey of faith, it takes brave faith to even put your hand up and ask Jesus to come into your heart. That is a step of brave faith. If there's anyone here tonight and you've never made that step. You've never asked Jesus to be the saviour of your life. You've never invited him to your heart. I've been speaking and you don't have a revelation of the name of Jesus that I prayed and I believed and you don't understand who Jesus is. It's okay when I put my hand up to receive him, I didn't understand the full story. But I knew something in me was drawing me to him. I knew that I needed him. And if you've never made that step towards him, or perhaps you've made that step towards him several times or once before. But you don't have that kind of relationship with God that you can stand on him like that. You've never experienced the word of God in your life coming to life. You've never experienced that intimate moment with God. You've never seen God come through for you like that before. And you want to get good with God. You want to be in right standing with God. This call's going out to you as well. If you just want to be sure that God is with you. If you could just raise your hand right now and I'd love to say a really simple prayer for you. I see that hand. If there's anyone here tonight, I see that hand, thank you. Getting right with Jesus. Activating that start of your walk with Him.
there's anyone here tonight, I'd love to pray with you. Such a sacred moment asking Jesus to come into your life. You will never be the same. Things won't be easy. You might even end up nearly homeless. But God will come through for you. He always does. He always does. That's great, guys. If I can ask those two people to come. Come down the front. We can all stand and welcome them. Shadow where I hide the ransom for my 
never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. inside of us Lord God to listen to you to obey that and step forward in faith we thank you Lord God for this great word tonight bless every person here we thank you Lord God we walk this life in faith in Christ in Jesus name let's give the Lord a round of applause he is a good God wonderful wonderful what a stunning night so good to be together just a reminder this thursday all in team night come and join us it's just a great minister uh pastor jürgen matess it's going to be outstanding coffee's on love to hang out and have a coffee with you tonight god bless you have a wonderful week